I'd like to take a moment to let you all know about a new nonprofit organization started by my brother Craig. It's called Treats and Truth. They fill oversized brown lunch bags with snack items, chips, crackers, popcorn, cookies, etc. Also, a bottle of water, toothbrush, toothpaste, sanitary wipes, and most importantly, a small gospel tract book of John. No cigar? I'll have to talk to him about that. The bags are then hand-delivered to the homeless and people in need in and around the Los Angeles area. Let's help get this ministry off the ground. They're a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, so any and all donations are tax-deductible and greatly appreciated. Visit their website at treatsandtruth.org. Check out the show notes for the link. Also, please follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. Welcome to episode 104 of the Burning Bush podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Hope you're doing well, and I'm glad you've joined me. Today, we're reading the New Testament book of Matthew, chapter 5, with commentary from the notes in the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, and I'm smoking the H. Upman 1844 Añejo in the Toro 6x54 Vitola. So let's go on over to the uh, H. Upman, the Altidus website, and uh, see what they have to say. The 1844 Añejo is a complex, medium to full-bodied cigar that uses a rich, well-balanced filler that is perfectly blended with tobaccos originating from Nicaragua, Honduras, and the Dominican Republic. Anchored by a sweet, broadleaf binder and wrapped in a dark, double-fermented wrapper, this cigar offers a deep aroma with a bold finish. And the origin is Honduran, as I said. The wrapper, Ecuadorian Habano. Binder is broadleaf. And the fillers are Nicaraguan, Dominican, and Honduran. And the Vitolas are Toro, 6x54. Robusto, 5x50. And the Magnum, 6 by 60. That is the H. Upman Añejo. So let's go ahead and get back into this week's reading of Matthew chapter 5. And as usual, I will be reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. And uh, verse 1 starts with the Sermon on the Mount. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Spurgeon comments on verse 5, Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. It is not your high-spirited, quick-tempered men who will put up with no insults. 
your bullying lofty ones who are always ready to resent any real or imagined disrespect. There is no blessing here for them, but blessed are the humble, those who are ready to be thought nothing of. And back to verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And Spurgeon's comment on verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. When the heart is washed, the dirt is taken from the mental eyes. The heart that loves God is connected with an understanding that perceives God. There is no way of seeing God until the heart is renewed by sovereign grace. It is not greatness of intellect, but purity of affection that enables us to see God. And continuing in Matthew verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And Spurgeon comments on verse 14, You are the light of the world. Wherever there is faith in Christ, there is light. For Jesus himself said that those who follow him would not walk in darkness. John chapter 8 verse 12. Genuine faith in Christ turns a person from darkness to marvelous light and transforms him into light in the Lord so that the light pours forth from the windows so as to be seen by others. The believer is appointed to be a lighthouse to others, a cheering lamp and a guiding star. His light will be increased as he learns more of Christ. He will be able to impart more instruction to others when he has received more. But even while he's a beginner, his faith in Jesus is in itself a light. And continuing back to verse 15. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them 
will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said of those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. And Spurgeon comments on that last verse, verse 22. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says, you fool, will be subject to hellfire. Christ here shows us that the commandment, you shall not kill, deals with anger, with angry words, with words of cursing, and with words of derision. All these are killing things, hurting and wounding things, and the passion of anger is forbidden under the command, you shall not kill. People have not thought so, but it really is so, for he who is angry with his brother is a murderer. There is the spirit, the essence of that which leads to murder, in the passion that breeds malice and revenge. The law of God is spiritual. It touches the emotions, the thoughts, the desires, as well as as the words and actions of men. If I desire ill for someone, I have within me what would desire his death. And what is that, after all, but murder in the heart? Back to verse 23. So if you are offering your gift at the altar... And there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard it said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, 
or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And Spurgeon's comment on verse 39, But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. Non-resistance and forbearance are to be the rule among Christians. They are to endure personal ill-treatment without coming to blows. They are to be as the anvil when bad men are the hammers, and thus they are to overcome by patient forgiveness. The rule of the judgment seat is not for common life, but the rule of the cross and the all-enduring sufferer is for us all. Yet, how many regard all this as fanatical, utopian, and even cowardly? The Lord, our King, would have us bear and forbear and conquer by mighty patience. Can we do it? How are we the servants of Christ if we have not His Spirit? Back to Matthew verse 40. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And that's the end of today's reading in the book of Matthew. And be sure to check out the show notes for links to the Charles Spurgeon Study Bible, as well as today's cigar, and also Treats and Truth Ministry, where you can get involved in helping to spread the gospel to and be a blessing to the homeless, Groundworks Ministries for daily Bible studies and devotionals, and the Burning Bush Merchandise Store, where you can pick up some items to help spread the word about the show. And I'd appreciate it if you would tell your friends. So until next time, have a great day, have a great cigar, and God bless.